Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. This is a special morning for a number of reasons. It's the first time, I think, that we're streaming live into our recently renovated sanctuary in McCungie. Hello, everybody in McCungie. All right. So uh, we'll see if we can get a bead over the course of the next 20, 25 minutes on uh, what's going on in the church, vision, those kinds of things. Also, I'm going to be introducing the next phase of our COVID operating guidelines. So I want you to stay alert, listen up, because I have a, a kind of a lot of information to give in, in, in a really short time. And so we call this message, therefore, recalibration. We're recalibrating as we, as we move along. And this is a big FYI message. So by the end of it, you may feel like you're drinking from a fire hose. But all this info is going to be also online so you can access it on the website. Um, so in trying to ferret out what we'll be doing uh, going into the last quarter of the year 2020 and hopefully into some sense of new normalcy in 2021, we asked ourselves like a, 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 what I believe is a key question. What were some of the values that uh, we harbored when our church began ba- way back in 1982 that, that we didn't recognize at the time in other churches, but that we wanted to enculturate here at NC4? That's not to imply that the other churches were doing a bad job. That wasn't it at all. But we wanted to plant a church that fostered a few key values, a few key values that we thought were really important and we didn't see elsewhere. And so, uh, and as we visited those core values, we thought specifically about two of those values that we want to guard and we've tried to guard as we move through this pestilence and into uh, a, a new season of health, maybe even revival in the name of the Lord. Now, there are other values, but these, these values are the ones we're focusing on right now. The first is the recognizable manifest presence of God. Say that again. The recognizable manifest presence of God in our services, but, uh, but also in our, our whole paradigm of life. Now, I, did, I said manifest presence. I didn't say omniscient presence. You know, the, uh, we, we understand that there's an omniscient presence of God, that God is present everywhere. So I get beat people who say, yeah, I was on top of a mountain on Sunday morning and I, I could meet God. It's not the same as meeting God manifestly among his people in congregation. That wasn't the way the, 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 the author of Hebrews says, forsake ye not the assembling of yourselves together, as is the custom of some. And it's the custom of a lot in America in the year 2020. I mean, year 2019. I mean, the pestilence didn't create that. Uh, there's something about getting together as the body of Christ, evoking and in, well, invoking and evoking the presence, the real presence of God, where you, where one can imbibe His glory, and then He speaks and we respond. And that's what we're listening. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're trying to guard and protect. Uh, through this pestilence. And the second value is like in tandem with the manifest presence of God. And we wanted a church whose paradigm isn't the army of God, isn't the bride of Christ, isn't all those other similes and metaphors for church, which are all important, but what we wanted 
was a church whose paradigm is the family of God. We felt that if we fail to keep those two things, the family of God and the manifest presence of God, we're going to lose an important distinction of who we are, who God has called us to be. So one of the formative scriptures, and this, is, this front end is a little bit of a preachy bit, but I'll get to where I feel like we need to go. It's just very quick. One of the formative scriptures that was alive in me personally way back in 1982 is found in Paul's letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy 3, where after Paul defines the roles of who should do what in a local congregation, he, he says something to Timothy that like I feel is completely astounding. Beginning in verse 14, Paul says to Timothy, I'm in 1 Timothy 3, beginning in verse 14, he says this, although I hope to come to you soon, Timothy, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people, are there any people here? You know, this is all people, how people, all people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. I'm reading from the ESV, or it could be the NASB, but it's God's household. Now that's translated variously in a number of ways. God's family sometimes, God's household, God's house, Uh, but it's not talking about temple. It's talking about, this word household is the word oikos from which we get the word economy. It's bigger than that. You, You have to think hacienda, right? Or you have to, has to, have to think uh, Downton Abbey because it's, it's a bigger thing. It's all family, but it's a bigger thing. And so Paul makes the case that the paradigm, he says this, he says, look, that all people would ought, ought to know how to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church. That's us. That's how he describes it. But then he says something truly astounding. He says that the church is the pillar and the foundation of all truth. Now, you can just roll over that statement when you're reading the scriptures and, and, and fail to pick up the gravitas of that. Paul knows all about Greek philosophy. Paul was studied in Greek education as well as Hebrew education. He knew all about the different ways of understanding truth and what truth is. But he says this, if you want to really get to understand how truth works, or even ferret out whether the truth that you're embracing is really true, it's got to be run through the family of God. How, How about that for a sweeping statement? Beyond all question, he says, the mystery of godliness is great. Now, to be godly, Paul means here to have a relationship with Jesus where we take on these characteristics. He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations and believed on in the world and was taken up in glory. So it's not my intention uh, to interpret this passage uh, this morning. I simply want to make the point that despite 2,000 years of philosophy, of theology, of science, and all the other avenues that we embrace that look to truth, sociology, whatever it might be, during this season right now, more than ever, Paul's understanding of a healthy church is essential for us. And this is a foundational statement. The most practical refiner of the truth is a healthy, functioning Christian church. Pretty big statement. Yeah, I mean, that's worthy of some applause. So for us at NC4, a healthy, functioning church involves 
the recognized manifest presence of God, and the warmth, the warmth, the empathy of family. During COVID-19, these two values have come under the most huge assault in my lifetime. And I want to commend you, NC4. If you're online or in McCungy right now in the sanctuary watching, uh, or if you're here in Bethlehem, I want to commend you. You've done well. I mean, you really have. But what we've done as leaders to date in, in order to kind of ensure in whatever way we can to kind of in, to insulate these values from completely being eradicated, what we've done was motivated not out of fear, but by love and a responsibility to protect a flock whose age, ages run from the age of zero right through to 97 years old, our oldest member. So as we enter the fall season, we'll be making some changes that are like really strategically important and yet still protective, but less restrictive. Okay? So here are some things we'll be doing that we're going to be providing more opportunity to engage the manifest presence of God and to engage one another as family, all right? First thing, presence encounters on first Friday of each month. We had our first one this past Friday. My understanding is is that the presence encounter that was overseen by Pastor Ian was pretty successful, that it was well attended, and for what, an hour or an hour and 15 minutes, you guys just worshiped, right? Just worshiped the Lord. Katrina was out there leading in worship, and Trisha was there and said it was, it was really, really good. So we're going to be doing this on First Fridays, and it's kind of a follow-up on what we did with the Moravian Pentecost encounters last year. So these, these evenings are, for the moment, going to be held at Makanjib, and they're evenings dedicated to worship, hearing God, Eucharist. They took Eucharist, and initially they'll be led by Pastor Ian. Our first one began this past Friday, and we're going to continue that. It was for the refreshing presence of God and for the body of Christ. But there's more. So Friday night chats on the third Friday of each month. Now, some of you remember we did some Friday night chats in the spring, and we did some of those things. These chats are going to be teaching-focused, similar to what we did in the spring, but they'll involve dialogue with you guys, Q&A, they're virtual, and they'll be from my front tea room, which Trisha set up, and at least the, the first one will be. The first one will be entitled Knowing the spirits, which I believe is a strategic concept right now. In other words, actively knowing what kind of spirit you're partaking of when you're in the marketplace in relationship to other people's, what you're dealing with, and the distinguishing between an angelic spirit, a demonic spirit, a distinguishing between the Holy Spirit, uh, and distinguishing the human spirit, which is the toughest thing to do. Human spirit's a whole kettle of fish in itself. So we're going to do that Uh, on, I think it's September 18th is our first one. It'll run from 6.30 to about 7.30, quarter of 8. And uh, we may also be doing some online forums between now and then and the end of the year as well. So that's one of the things we'll be doing. The next thing, outdoor youth group is starting. Home-based kids club and some new non-virtual, non-virtual, up front and alive, okay? Non-virtual connect groups. And these, these are, these are uh, uh, outdoor, the outdoor component is going to be lasting probably into early October, and then we'll see if we can move stuff inside. But I think this is like good news in the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, amen. All right, 
And then we have what we call the Sunday service road to Damascus. <laughs> yeah. So, starting next week, okay, starting next week, you'll be able to remove your masks once you're seated and not singing. All right? Hallelujah. Yeah, see, this is hard because Trisha feels I look much better in a mask. So, you know. <laughs> so, so, for example, during the message and the prayer time and the announcements, while you're seated, you can relieve yourself of these things, right? These masks. And if, but if you're moving around the sanctuary or standing and singing because of the amount of particulate that sprays into the atmosphere, uh, you're going to need to remain masked during that time. So this is a big, big change, right? And we're trying to be careful with this, but we're trying to react responsibly as well. But here's something like it's even better. If you happen to socialize outside of the church with others, you can sit with them during services. I'll say that again. If you happen to socialize with others outside of churches, I mean, outside of church, you, you can sit with them during services. We know that some of you are getting together uh, to watch the service in each other's homes or other events online. So if you're socializing with these people anyway, and you've discussed this with them, and you're confident in who it is that you're socializing with, with for whatever reason, all right, uh, then you can sit with one another in service. Watch this. But provided that, you cl that, that your cluster of people will have to distance from other clusters of people or families. Are, are you following me? All right. So this, this is, a, is a big logistical difference. Now, I want to, to uh, inform you as well that registration will continue at least for the near future. And this isn't to share information on registration with anybody else to do anything like that. We're trying to plan, okay? And we need to know who will be here so we can plan to make this work, okay? So um, your cluster of people, again, will have to distance from other clusters of people or families. Uh, but this is also an encouragement to begin socializing with people with whom you're comfortable. Right? I know some of you are doing it otherwise, but if you want to begin and work through your lifestyle habits and whether you feel with your family safe getting together with another family, and if that's something you're doing, or people within your own family, families within larger extended families, if, if you feel safe and have discussed this through in terms of socializing on certain terms, you can bring that in to Sunday service and begin to congregate on that basis. Now, do it as long as you are careful and comfortable, okay? Now, I need to also mention that children 10 years and younger are not required to wear masks, all right? I understand that we, we've had some video featuring younger kids wearing masks. Well, that was at the discretion of those parents. So if the parents want the kids to wear masks, that's cool. They should wear masks, right? But if the parents are comfortable with 10 and under not wearing masks, that's also cool. As long as the parents are agreed, you don't have to wear masks. Right now, we have one-way stairs and paths at both campuses. So you got to come in this way and go out that way. We're removing those strictures right now, beginning next week, 
and you have free access into coming in and out, right? We have added a family-friendly area with books and toys uh, for younger kids to spread out during the services. They're in some key areas of, of the sanctuary. The kids can play, and that helps if the kids are in for the full service, which lasts an hour and 10 minutes, all right? So here's another change with a question, all right? It's kids' church or family zones. Our desire is to start kids' church in the fellowship halls of both campuses where our kids can worship and have Bible teaching and some fun with friends while their parents are in the sanctuary. Now, this could open up more seats in the sanctuary while giving kids something that they really miss and they would really like to do. But here's the, the tough part. Here's the deal. In order to do this, we need more volunteers to assist. And, you know, you can contact Millie Moisnon if you can serve in this area. But I'll tell you what, not a lot of people are looking to volunteer in this area. And this isn't unique to New Covenant. I've been in touch with other churches that are attempting to do the same thing. It's really, really tough to find people who want to do this. So to date, it's been difficult to find potential volunteers. So we're looking to start something for kids toward the end of the month otherwise. And that's perhaps this, okay? We're going to do one or the other depending upon our kind of our volunteer core. Another option so that we're exploring in lieu of kids' church is to establish family zones in the fellowship halls of each campus. Families of those who already socialize together would be able to sit at table with their kids and watch the entire service broadcast live in each of our fellowship halls, which are here is, is downstairs two floors and in McCungie's downstairs one floor, all right? The tables would be safely distanced the option would not offer a kid's message, but it would avail families of the opportunity to be with one another. The family thing, right? Any interaction of the kids would be at the parents' discretion. And we're looking to start something for the kids toward the end of the month. So we need to know which of these options is of most interest to our people and to our families. So you can weigh in by contacting our ministry director, Millie Moisson, hopefully this week, you know, drop her an email, drop her a text at the website. You can find out how to contact her and say, you know, this is what I really feel like our family would like to do. Let her know so we can begin to plan this in a discretionary kind of way. All right. All this information is available again on our website. So we want to encourage you to reach out to others in the church and invite them to get together with you and begin to, in a responsible way, understand how you want to begin to socialize again. Okay, if you're not comfortable getting together for whatever reason, there should be no judgment. Can I say that? How, how strongly can I say that? Uh, preventing, asking, there should be no judgment in declining. We need each other, but we need each other to be honest with each other as well. Okay, does that sound fair? Okay. Our theme for 2020, which we've articulated back in February. It was crazy. We did the vision thing, remember, at the end of February, the church vision thing. And then as soon as we did it, COVID hit, you know. So we articulated back in February this vision the night before the pestilence began. And the title of the vision was The Future Is Now. We still believe that. So several prophetic words from very different quarters of the body of Christ were given to NC4 
for the 2020s. And the thrust was that we will become known for who we send more than who we gather, which I find fascinating. Since then, we sent Jeff Fry to Battelle in the UK. Of course, we have our missionaries and so forth. Well, let me just throw this in. You know, it's interesting. Most of you know both campuses and online that I personally done over the course of my ministry a lot of international and national ministry in different places. And it occurred to me, I canceled a trip to Africa, canceled a trip to the UK, canceled a trip to Texas, you know, when COVID started. But it occurred to me yesterday, as I was kind of musing, that if I don't travel out of the country this year, and I don't, I don't anticipate doing that because you just can't do it, but if I don't travel, it will be the first year that I've not ministered abroad since 1981. That's a big change. You know. Now, for some reason, it doesn't make me sad. Because <laughs> I can hang out with my wife. But it's a big change, isn't it? It's got that kind of stuff. Okay, so I was sent. You know, what is it the old Pentecostal lady said? Some was sent and some just went. So <laughs> we like to send people. We don't like them that just went, all right? We entered this new prophetic decade, the 2020s, we knew then that discipleship was going to be a, a key part of fulfilling the prophetic word, preparing people to send to the seven mountains. The seven mountains being, this is Bill Bright and um, Lance Wall now, business, government, media, arts, entertainment, healthcare, education, family, and religion. And so we want to send people into those areas. So we, we're not giving up on that. That's like, that's culture changing, that's world changing kind of stuff. So last fall and this spring, we ran pilot series called the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship Courses by Pastor Pete Scazzaro, who developed this program. He pastors a church in Queens, and it's well-known nationally, even internationally. But as leaders, we believe this excellent program is instrumental in helping us grow in our spiritual walk with God and others. And it's based on what Jesus says in Matthew 22, is the great commandment, you know, love God, love others. It's our position that, you know, how can you love God and love others if you're emotionally not healthy, if you're spiritually not healthy, yeah? So in this season, we're challenged by a pandemic, a presidential election, social unrest, recession. So I think we all could benefit from turning our perpetual focus away from news and media and all that stuff and turn our perpetual focus toward God himself and growing in our emotional health. So what we believe the Lord was preparing us for in the beginning of the year is what we're doing now. God looks even wiser <laughs> than he did then because he knew and we are obeying. So this fall we're running two courses, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and Emotionally Healthy Relationship course. These are virtual courses, all right? And they'll be held as online growth classes and you can register for them on the website our goal is that everyone who's committed member or even an attendee of NC4 uh, will eventually, at least, avail themselves of the opportunity to take these two courses. So this is going to be available to all of us, and uh, you can go online, go on the website, and figure out how you might want to register for this. And we hope all of us do this eventually. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, so I also want to add, which isn't in my agenda here this morning, that beginning as a prelude next week and then firmly the following week, we're going to be doing a series of teachings on Sunday morning 
running from September all the way through to the Sunday before Thanksgiving entitled Masterclass. And we're going to go through the Sermon on the Mount. I'm really looking forward to doing that. This is going to be a great series. If our theme is discipleship, what better place to understand how disciples are discipled than at the mouth of Jesus in doing the Sermon on the Mount. So to recap, NC4, you guys have all been so faithful. You really have. Praise the Lord and praise you as we continue to come through this thing. What we set out to do in the beginning of the year, we are doing, despite all of the obstacles. Grow disciples, grow leaders, increase our reach into the community. Uh, we've begun renovations and launched the merged Mukunji campus. We've secured permanent residence in the USA for Pastor Ian's wife, Selena. Selena, welcome home, all despite the incredible challenges this year. So we're, we're, we're doing it, man, and, and thank you, Jesus. The last thing I want to m- mention that's really, this kind of, it's, for, it's a little thing, but it's got me excited, and that's this, real, authentic congregational prayer. And we used to, I mean, we have these prayer meetings that we do quarterly that last one hour. Jesus said, will you not tarry with me one hour? I've noticed in my own personal prayer time that after one hour, stuff starts to pop. I mean, it's weird. I remember Paul Young Yi Cho used to say that, and when I started doing it, it was like, whoa. So we do these congregational prayer meetings that last one hour, and what we would do is we'd open with a brief hymn, put a mic up here, and we just get together as a congregation, both congregations in one place, and you know, we'd have an, an open mic and take Eucharist we'd have prayer points that we're all agreeing upon. This isn't harp and bowl prayer. This isn't intercessory prayer per se. This is petitional prayer by a congregation of the saints. So on September 21st, we'll be having our congregational prayer meeting here in Bethlehem for both campuses. It'll run from 6.30 to 7.30. It's a little thing maybe, but one hour. And we're planning on being able to have an open mic. We're trying to work out the logistics of that. As long as we're seated in distancing, we don't have to have masks. How cool is that, yeah? So we'll meet for an hour of prayer, take Eucharist, and we're going to banish this pestilence in the name of Jesus Christ together as a church, which we've not been able to do to date. Amen? All right? All right. So, I mean, that's not all of it, but that's kind of like the tidbits of what we're planning going into the next three or four months I just want to say praise the name of the Lord. You know, I'm feeling in the spirit a little bit of a sense of relief, relief, uh, that I haven't felt since maybe March. So, uh, you know, I understand that in in the political world, in the geopolitical world, and there's all kinds of other stuff cooking out there, but I'm in the kingdom. Amen. Amen? I'm in the kingdom. I'm just sensing a shift in the kingdom. I really, really am. So... Praise the name of the Lord. You know, if you're watching this morning online, or if maybe you're here, you say, wow, this is church, and uh, you know, I don't belong to a church, but I'm interested in what seems to be going on. I'm interested in finding hope. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in a barn makes you a horse, you know, that kind of thing. It's a heartfelt relationship. So I just want to offer 
a, uh, an opportunity right now, if you're listening online or whether you're here, to, uh, to say, look, I do want to have a relationship with Jesus. I do want to understand what this church thing is all about. Or maybe you're in a church, but the relationship with Jesus part has never really taken root. You just think, boy, these people are talking about something I don't have. You can get that right now. And all you have to do is pray with me these, this prayer. And uh, maybe you prayed a prayer like it before, but this could be different this morning. The Holy Spirit could be moving in a different way. So well, everybody here to help those who, who may have a hard time could repeat after me, this would be good. It renews. Maybe you who here, who know the Lord, just have somebody in mind who needs to pray this prayer. Let's pray together. A few words that change his lives. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for what I've done wrong in my life. Would you forgive me? I now turn away from anything I know is wrong. Thank you for dying for me on the cross that I can be forgiven and I can be free. Thank you that you offer me the gift of your spirit. I right now receive that gift. Come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the NC4 podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word Jesus to 610-816-6062.